edition of Turf Talk. We've got a lot to talk about this week. The King George Ascot, all of glorious Goodwood. And we'll also be touching on some of the proper stuff at Galway. We're recording this, Jimbo, on the nicest day of the year. Oh, we'd like to be outside, wouldn't we? We should, we'd like to we be should outside. do a podcast where we could do it outside. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Do it in a pub somewhere, similar to George and Charlie. In a beer, in a beer garden. Yeah. Similar to George, Scott and Charlie Fellows, they do theirs in the King's Head, I think, which is a great podcast. Does so it have that, a, does give it have a listen as well. Are you aware? I, I don't know. I've never been to Newmarket, so I couldn't probably tell you. No, I mean, I think we might have to rattle through some of these races because we would both like to get outside and in the sun. It's too darn hot, some might say. Get in. We got there early. <laughs> uh, You've me joke already. But there's, there's so much to talk about. Uh, we'll start, of course, with... One of the biggest races of the season, the King George at Ascot. And well, the mighty and able bids to win her second King George and make it 12 wins from 30 career starts. She's a best price 6-4 to four on to do so. It's not a particularly weak field, though, Jimbo. You've got Crystal Ocean, the imperious winner of the Prince, uh, of, the Prince of Wales. The Derby winner, Anthony Van Dyke. And Defoe, who is coming into this off the back of wins in the Coronation Cup and the Hardwick. you also got the French Raider, Waldgeist, and Japan superstar, Cheval Grand. Jim, this is a proper race, but at the end of the day, nothing beats an Abel, sure. This, this would be a really good test for an Abel. I'm really looking forward to seeing her come out and dominate this field. She's not a backable price. We all know where we stand with an Abel. She's course and distance winner. And I... I'm looking forward to seeing her dominate this field because I feel like she needs a performance to like stand out properly. And I think Franco beating St. Nicholas Abbey in the Judmont, yeah. Enable beating Crystal Ocean and Anthony Van Dyke, they're three, two proper horses for her to beat. And if she beats them, she could stamp her as a real hero. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm buzzing for this. Oh, heroin, Because sorry. it is... It's, I mean, it's a great race to watch. I don't think there's loads of discussion to be had about it, to be fair, because I, I think if you were to talk about the King George two months ago, pretty much you'd be saying the exact same thing. It's here that Enable is a likely winner by some degree. Yeah. And Crystal, and then Crystal Ocean is a second likely winner by some degree. And then... There's about three or four who might be playing playing for third place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- there's there's n- no words really. You'd expect her to come on for Sandown. Yeah. And she was very good at Sandown. She was. She ground it out very well. This is more up her street. Yeah, I I, I agree. My I've got I don't know why, but I've got this slight niggling feeling in the back of my head. Does she really want good to firm ground? I I, I think. The ground is currently good to firm, and the way the British weather's been at the minute, it's going to continue that way unless we have one of them tropical storms like we had the other night. But I, I, I've just got something in the back of my head thinking that does she really want rattling ground? I'm not a hundred percent sure. But did she, she did she really want ten furlongs? Exactly. And she's still on the eclipse. And I'm just trying to poke holes in something that I shouldn't be poking holes in, but maybe because. I'm looking to get a beat at a price at four to six. Oh, maybe that's me looking different because 
I've slagged off Defoe this season, but Defoe's a cracking bet at fourteen to one. You look shocked. Yeah, I am. Plus, I in a normal year, yes, the Coronation Cup and the Hardwick Stakes winner would be sub five to one. Yeah, to win this, they weren't great races, though, were they? The Coronation Cup was weak, and to be fair, it is. It's slightly like. I, I kind of feel that way about this field and the the middle distance thing. You know, when I, I went on my little moan last week about uh, about the overall quality of the horses in Europe at the minute, and I think this is slightly illustrating it. I, Defoe's already won two of the most important middle distance races this season, but we just know he's not good enough yeah. to, you know, to beat and able to win the good group ones. You know, he's not in the same league as Crystal Ocean either, surely. Anthony Van Dyke, maybe. You can forgive him the Irish Derby run. And like we said, he was the only one who came out of it, barring the winner, with any actual credit. Uh, I think Enable and Crystal Ocean are almost dead set to be 1-2. Yeah, Anthony Van Dyke's interesting because he's he's running against the Elders for the first time. I th- I thought that he looked slow as anything. In the Irish Derby, I thought he had St. Ledger written all over him. So I'm interested to see that how he runs here. Um, I wonder if they'll use the same tactics as they did in the last race and hold him up as far back as possible and give him as much to do. Um, so I, pace-wise, I could see Hunting Horn will go forward. Salawen normally goes forward. Mirando needs soft ground. I... I, I think I'm looking too deeply into it and Enable just wins and it's just an enjoy race to be brutally honest. Yeah. I'm I'm the same. Jim, I'd I'd, I'd just ask you what what would be the each way bet for you? It it probably because, be because it's it's an interesting market. You are going you're going to get the free places and you've got a very short price favorite and then a second favorite who's much shorter than everything else as but well. But if we're looking at, at this moment in time, Anthony Van Dyke at 8 to 1 could be an right each way steal. Um It'd be between Defoe and Anthony Van Dyke. I'd be interested to see what the market opens for without the favourite, without Enable, because I'd, if Defoe was 5-1, to one, I'd, I'd be a pretty scumbaggy bet, but each way without the favourite, Defoe, because I, I can't see Defoe not being in the first four, if I'm being honest. Uh, quite clearly, relish his ascot, and this is the only time since... Um, he ran in the St. Ledger that I have been with Defoe. Now, <laughs> he has had 10 runs since then, and I have been against him every time, and now I'm joining him. So, I'm looking forward to seeing this race, but I, I really like Enable. Yeah. If I was to have a scumbaggy each way, bet, Jim, if I don't even be a scumbaggy one, I, ju- I, ju- I just think it might be worth worth 20p each way. Would be Magic Wand at sixty-six to one. Yeah, to run into the first three. Magic Wand. We know where we stand with Magic Wand. And she's very, very consistent. She'll get the gra- She'll get quick ground. That that'll suit her. Uh, it's it's a speculative one. Yeah. But, I mean, you might have to be a bit speculative in this because Enable is so clearly ahead. Of Crystal Ocean, who for me is so clearly ahead. Even though Crystal Ocean's the highest-rated horse in training. Yeah, and it's not even the only the only one in this you could look at with 
any degree of potential is Anthony Van Dyke, and that's why he's third favourite. Yeah, the Derby winner. Yeah, I agree, and he could be a decent bet eight to one each way. Enable wins. Yeah, quite simply. Uh, we're both going to come up for with the selection for the big betting race of the day. Now the international stakes over the seven furlongs. There's a lot of good handicaps this week. Uh, Jim, I'll I'll start with you. Who 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 are you going for in the big handicap? Well, I've got a short list of two for the Moya Shandon International. Can I guess who one of them is? Go on. Queso. Correct. But my only issue with Queso is Queso wants off ground. Uh, and it's more than likely not going to be soft. So I think Queso might avoid that. But my other one that I've... When I was reading the declarations... I found really interesting. And it was Labrisa Breeze. I keep going back to Labrisa Breeze, the seven-year-old. Um, if, if we go back to 2017, she won on Quipco British Champions Day in the sprint. Uh, always, well, the thing is, I think he, he wants firm ground. And he's always sort of... <coughs> It's not been an issue to him, good to firm or soft, but he's always sort of put up a better performance on soft. But I'm willing to go against that um, because towards last year, these two runs were on soft ground and they were slightly disappointing, although they were in higher class. He drops back into a handicap here and I think that at 20 to 1, he's interesting. With Joey Haynes booked on board, Robert Winston normally rides him, which makes me think he might be riding Flaming Spear who's Tony Bloom's other arse, who's not jocked up yet. But this very interesting sort of race, you, you couldn't rule that horse, he's like burnt sugar. He didn't run so well last time at Newmarket on the July course in the race he won last year in the Bunbury Cup. But, yeah, at the top of the market, there's always Kimron, isn't there? You love Kimron, don't you, Lewis? Um, I don't go that far. He's just mad solid, isn't he? And this is, you know... I mean, by rights, he should have won. Up, he should have won one of these by now. Just, he's, he's just made a boo boo and realised Robert got, Winston's riding Kimron. Robert Winston is riding Kimron. <laughs> Flaming Spear's not been uh, decked. We've, uh, they've, they've just come through now, mate. Uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. Uh, look, yeah, if 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 you wanted to be safe, it's it's almost pretty much the cast of usual suspects at the top of the market. Kimron, rip off, raising sand. Yeah. I bat raises, you know, raising sand is just my go-to tactic for a race like this. He's usually in the first five. Uh, if I was to put up a more interesting one, Jim, it would be uh, Firmament yeah. for, Dave, for David O'Mara. Don't talk to me about Firmament. Who's, I mean, look, he's, he's always been relatively well supported. Uh, I'm off that cliff with Firmament. Yeah, yeah, he's been a cliff horse for a lot of people, but he got the job done well last time out at York. And... Well, he, the, he can't back, the, can't the, back it up, the, surely. The ability's there, though. The ability's there, and things... things. It's not that he's awkward or anything. Just things haven't just gone right for him. Yeah. Things haven't gone right for him. So things went right for him last time, and he won comfortably in a good handicap. Never been down Ascot. Well, he, he, has once be, he has once or twice before, but a long time ago, he's not a regular in these sort of races. <laughs> You know, like Kinrin and he's more regular to a York handicap, isn't yeah. And it, I I find that a little bit interesting because he's he's racing against almost a different group of horses, yeah, than the ones we usually see around here. Look, he's twenty to one, yeah. It it 
it's it's not a mad confidence selection. There's, there's nothing I'm ridiculously, you know, there won't be a max bet in this race at all for me. And even some sometimes in these big handicaps, you have a horse who you think is well ahead of the handicapper. Yeah. Uh, no, not like that for me in this, but they'd be the two raising sand and firmament. I'll just give a mention to Hay Jonesy as well. He ran a decent sort of race last Friday at Haydock in a listed race, beaten by Maria's Diamond. He drops back into a handicap here. He, he ran in the Walkingham and finished well behind Kate Byron. Uh, but I think he's interested in stepping up to seven. I think they rode in last time out at Haydock to see if he got the seven, and... I think I, th- I thought he got the seven, but I think it'll help him in this sort of race, holding him up tactics. He'll need a bit of luck in running. Uh, he'll cycle through rivals and come late from the back. So, and it's interesting, Shami Heffernan's booked up to ride him because Kevin Stott's normally his usual jockey. So, Shami Heffernan, ten top class rider, Derby winning rider. Uh, I think Hay Jones is interesting at twenty. So that. They'd be my three going into the race. Hey, Jonesy, Queso and Labrisa Breeze, but we need the rain to come for Queso. So it's an it's a interesting looking race. Yeah, it really is. And that, that's it for our discussion about Ascot on the Saturday. But there's a hell of a lot of quality midweek races, isn't there, Jim? Uh, we'll start with a vintage takes at Glorious Goodwood. It's going to be the only uh, two-year-old race we touch on, Jim, because my favourite two-year-old in training, Pinatubo, takes on... The, the poster boy for the sectional <laughs> speed stopwatch Rolex team, Visionari, who, let's be fair, didn't run too badly at, uh, at the July f- meeting. He also takes on the superlative stakes winner, Mystery Power, and the Coventry runner-up, Fret. If they all turn up, Jim, this is a cracking race. This is the best two-year-old race of the season so far. Lopi Fernandez Plat- and Platinum Star also entered. Quite, quite clearly, I, I tell you what. All the as soon as the market opened for this, Pinatuba at three to one, everyone piled on. Look, he's into five to two now. Um, this is a really, really interesting race. There's some decent prices around. I didn't think Threat ran too badly behind uh, Arizona. Arizona at Ascot. If I'm being honest, I, I thought Threat had Arizona beat coming down to the two furlong pole. Um, step up in trips, interesting. Uh, I think Lopi Fernandez will be closer to Pinatubo, but whether Lopi will get past him is a different question. I thought Platinum Star's interesting. He ran a really nice race behind Royal Lytham. He was finishing really late. Um, I, I, I thought... I don't know. I think seven will suit him because he was flying home over six, but I'm, it wasn't screaming out to me that he wanted seven. Uh, and Iberia is an interesting sort of horse at a bigger price. He come out late. He ran last Saturday. He come out in the final furlong. He was stuck on the rail. Ryan Moore dragged him out, and he absolutely rifled home to beat the experienced Jungle Cove, who put up some decent performance previously. So Iberia is a horse that I've got in my track. I'm a, I'm a really big fan of. Is maiden win, and I think that's interesting. But yeah, I, I, at this moment in time, it'd be interesting to see what the declarations line up. But the prices, I'd probably be with Platinum Star. Aye, it's the Jimbo Watson special of discussing the horses fifth to eighth in the market rather than any of the favourites. Correct. Uh, we love it when he does that. Uh, no, 
it's a cracky, cracky race. Look, you, everyone who listens to podcast knows I'm slightly obsessed with Pinatubo because he's a giant. Uh, but is he a two-year-old that's impressed me most this season? I'm not sure how much of that has been down to him being a big unit and being more forward than everyone else because Vizianar is massive as well. Yeah. Uh, and he ran like horse who wanted seven last time. I'd, ideally, in retrospect, he was nowhere near a backable price at Newmarket. That wasn't his fault. And if you were to take that race on bare form, I think you'd have to give him a chance. Uh, are we in danger of underestimating mystery power? Well, I, I feel like I am because his winning the superlative was solid. Um, just did nothing wrong. I just want to see him do it again. I, I couldn't quite believe my eyes when him and Juan Elcano went clear. This is a better race. This is a, a lot, lot better race. And I think it's massively interesting. And it, it's it's wide open. It really is wide yeah. open. And we, we could do with a standout two-year-old. And if Pinatubu was to go and win, he'd be out, an outstanding two-year-old because he's he sort of had a nice progression, th- progression through races. He won the Woodcut, didn't he? And then he went to Ascot and he won yeah. the Chesham. And he's he could be the possible superstar in this field, I think, if there is to be one. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very happy to see. Look, we, we we don't have the actual decks yet, but to see such a strong group of two-year-olds entered for a race this early in the season, this could be the Dewhurst. Yeah, and no one would complain. And the only one, Jim, I'd the only part I'd make that I don't think you mentioned was I see Fred as more of a sprinter. Dear, than as a seven further. Would you see the Commonwealth Cup being his main target in time? Uh, possibly, possibly. Uh. But yeah, I'm, I'd I'd just be worried about him, his stamina. You'd be worried him. about him over seven, because no, he, t- he, he was tiring over six. Well, m- m- maybe not even over seven. I wouldn't be surprised if he got seven. Just won't get a mile. Ju- yeah, you you just be wanting horses who will stay further, like Vizinari and Pinatubo. Um, I say mystery powers by no name never isn't he? So obviously, he'll be no good in a couple of months. <laughs> but. Uh, it's, it's just a fascinating race. I'm not gonna make a selection because to me it's an enjoy race. Yeah, if I'm honest. But I, f- I thought, yeah, like, like you said, it was worth giving it a mention. Breaking news: oh, I've got an entry on Saturday at Newmarket at Newcastle for Owners Group. True North is running over a mile and two uh, in at 3:55 with Jane Elliott on board, claiming three. So. I think I think True North will go close. So if you're listening to this now, lump on on Saturday. Um, genuinely can't see True North getting beat. Happy days. That's a, that's a bold call from Jimbo. But uh, I mean, are we going to go in depth on that race, or is it just is it just like the King George? We go enable wins, True North wins. Yeah, simple as that. Add that to your lucky fifteen. Enabling True North double on Saturday uh, afternoon. <laughs> we're going to touch briefly on the Lennox Jimbo. Uh, it's a race you want to talk about, so. Who's your selection? I'm going to just give one master. Yeah. Uh, she's the. This is the last roll of the dice with me and one master. Um, Why she's done nothing wrong this year? Win-wise. Um, s- step down to seven. That should suit her. I'm just begging, begging that one master gets it right. Oh, I think Le Bravido's interesting. I, I'll carry on banging Le Bravido's drum. Zaki was, should have won last time, I thought, but sadly beat the bank died after the race so I've sort of removed it from my memory 
And here, Gatman's interesting. He, he ran well last weekend, and Space Traveller runs against his elders. So after winning the jersey, so yeah, really exciting race. But I think I'd be leaning with one master at seven to one. I think that's a cracking price each way. Uh, I'm another each way scumbag. Yeah, so would I, 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 I think it's a cracking bet. That's that'd also be my my viewpoint for the race. I think she's a she's a better horse over seven, and she's over a mile. Most definitely. And she came close to winning a Queen Anne over a mile. Uh, and we've seen that form backed up with Romanised winning in Ireland last weekend. Yeah. Yeah, good point, Jim. Uh, moving on to the next day at Goodwood. And the feature race of that day is the Goodwood Cup. Jim, is this a bit like an Abel where we just go Stradivarius wins? Is the best price 5-4 to four on. You can also back cross counter at 7-2, to two, DXB 11-2, to 14s bar. I mean... Again, is this very much like the King George in that it's a free horse race, but the one-two-three is quite clearly defined? Yeah, I won't necessarily say the one-two-three. I think the first place position is. I think Stradivarius just wins. I, I keep trying to. I finally jumped on the Stradivarius train last time. I keep kept finding ways to try and find him get beat, and there is no way to beat Stradivarius. Four to five is a decent price, I think. I don't think it's an absolute nightmare. No. And we've seen what Stradivarius done. He's on the quest for a million pound bonus once again. And I think he'll go very, it'll be very, very hard to beat. Cross counter is interesting. He, he was given a, a hold up sort of ride last time. I've still got to be 100% sure where I stand with cross counter. And I'm not sure he's good enough to beat Stradivarius. They're giving another roll of the dice to DXB. I, Johnston's horse he's always won, run well at Goodwood. I think he's really interested. I'd probably have DXB before Cross Counter, if I'm being honest. I mean, they, fin- they finished, DXB finished ahead of Cross Counter at Ascot, but surely they're not looking, despite the fact that they're the same age, that Cross, cross Counter is a horse with the highest ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, I could understand that, but maybe that's because John- the way Johnston campaigns his horse- horses and you sort of think that then that's the mark but they always find a little bit more i think dxb is really interesting uh i think if sds was to ride the race again he'd probably doing it a lot different got rolling a long way out um and a, a horse i love is wells fargo i think he's a, a cracking bet at 20 to 1 uh if if there's four places there's normally a massive turnout for this field the years of shake zayed road Plodding on for a third place. So I used how to love. How many are entered at the minute? Thirteen. It's thirteen. So. So no. No, <laughs> no but it, there's each way extras now on Bet Three Six Five. They're they're great to do. I think. And if you could get fourteen to one, sixteen to one around Wells Fargo, I think he, his win last time at Newmarket was very very good. Uh, he beat Walton Street by four lengths. He's a horse who's. Would you say he's gone under the radar a bit? Because when he won at York first time out, it was all like he's 16 to 1, he had no chance. I and was there. He, were you? I was there. Yeah. And then I was there when he won the Acom, and I completely ruled him out. And I bet James Garfield thinking, oh, it's James Garfield. And then he won the Acom. And then since then, he finished sixth in the, in the Dante, which isn't a necessarily bad performance. Are, are, we, are we going to talk about every single one of his runs? Nigh on, yeah. And. Uh, he was we want to get out in the sun, Jim. <laughs> and he was six in the King uh, King Edward. So I, I think he's a solid sort of animal. He's, he's got a nice progressive profile. He's still fairly lightly raced, I think, for a four-year-old. I think he could be a decent bet at a price. 
what what you're doing there, Jim, is you're trying to f desperately make a case for a horse you have a lot of time for in a race. He's clearly going to be outclassed in. I don't think he'll be outclassed. Yes, he will be. I don't think he will. I I think I could see him possibly being in the first three. Do you want a match bet with me? No. Wells Fargo won't be in the first four. No. First four? Yeah. Go on. Tenner. Tenner. We'll go with that. Can't see it, mate. Needs, need, needs. I mean, just can't see it, if I'm honest. Uh, Stradivarius wins, though. Last week, as we were on about three world-class horses yeah. in the country, in our opinion, at the minute. We're seeing them all over the next seven days. Stradivarius is one of them, and he's a bit of a cert for me, although I am still a huge cross Cowboy fan, and I wouldn't give up on him. I'd rather be with him at 7-2 to do than DXB at 11-2, if I'm honest. Moving on to the Sussex Stakes now. And, Jim, this is a bit of a strange market for me, because two down hot is the best price, three to on favourite. Is that not a lump job? Is that not a lump job to be King of Comedy, who's not going here, he's going to France, so why is he second favourite? Lord Glitter's at 10s, Phoenix of Spain 12s, Le Bravido. I mean, surely, Jimbo. I, I, I seem to think the racing post is lying to us. It says place bet on the 3-1, to one, and then it offers 5-4, to 6-5, to 11-10 and even money. There is no 3-1 to one around anymore. I've nabbed it all. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, surely everyone's every every single book is well a lunatic if they're offering if they're offering freeze. Thank God for that. Thank God we've got some sense. Racing Post sort your sends out, lads, lying to be making me look a fool on the podcast. <laughs> Won't uh, be the first time. Oh, oh, sly dig, <laughs> a sly dig from the man who thinks Nayef Road is a group horse. He's a group uh, three juvenile hurdle in him somewhere. Uh, but two down hot, Jim. I mean, again, is he not another absolute cert this week? The absolute apple of my eye, two down hot. I think that he is a superstar, but I'm and not... He, is he only... Go on, sorry. I'm not exactly sure that he wants a mile. And I know the Goodwood mile's an easy mile. The ground will be rattling good. But uh, I'm, I'm hesitantly... He will be my selection for the race. You, you've been talking about this bet all week of being Stradivarius and two darn not chucking all the favourites in. I, I think it's a really interesting race because I, Lord Glitters brings the elders into it. So two darn not running against Lord Glitters. Now is he not just a better horse than Lord Glitters? Well, I think he is, but we'll know where two darn hot stands depending on Lord Glitters, and I'm interested to see that. Um, Phoenix of Spain lines up. I don't know where we stand with Phoenix of Spain, to be brutally honest. Um, he was given an absolute inch-perfect ride in the Irish 2000, and then he disappointed in the St. James's Palace. And, uh, I'm, I, I think I need to stop looking far and wide to try and get two down upbeat, uh, because... I don't think there's anything, as you've said, King of Comedy. I thought I thought Gosden had split them two up because they're too good of animals to race against each other from the same yard. There's group ones to be picked up in France as well. So, yeah, I, I, I think two down hot should win. Scardu's the interesting price, I think. 20 to 1 you can get around for him. I think he'll be there or thereabouts. He's been ultra consistent this season. So, yeah, two down hot wins. The apple of my eye. 
and hopefully he'll do the job. I mean, I, I, I just agree. I just think he wins this. I, I, I think he's a better horse than Maul Clitters. I can't give Libravido another chance at this level. I'm same as Zabiel yeah. Prince, who needs further and needs soft ground and just isn't as good as this. The only danger to me is Phoenix of Spain. Yeah, because he's, he's beaten. <laughs> he has beaten two down hot. And again, Char- Charlie Hills has said, you know, has come up with excuses. Possibly flimsy, saying the horse didn't like the attention he got after winning the Irish Guinea. <laughs> uh, I understand the thing about the medical examination as well. You know, after he was purchased by the Irish National Stud, he had to go. He went for a medical, and uh, Charles, Charles said he was a little bit not himself after yeah. that for a few days, which I could understand. He thinks he's got Phoenix of Spain, uh, you know, back to some degree of some degree of uh, towards his best. He's a best price, you know. He's a general six to one around around across the boards. Each race scumbag bet. Yeah, we've done a lot of each way scumbag bets today. Yeah. Put them I in mean, a tricksy. If if, if 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 there's three places, I'd almost be prefer rather backing. Well, there's twenty lining up in the race so far, and that's well, not declared. This, this so I can I can see them being ten places, ten horses. Ten not, places, not ten places. I've lost the Watson plot. Watson bet <laughs> doing anything for customers. <laughs> Five to four. <laughs> Five to four each way. Watson bet open it, you know, starts trading at half eleven on a Monday, is bankrupt by twelve o'clock. <laughs> uh, there won't be twenty runners though, but the, we, we could get a double. We could, we could get a double, uh, a double figure field. Yeah. Really, there's a, there's a couple who were also in the Lennox. To be fair, Libervido, Never No More, who's a horse who I like and we've not seen for a long time since Grand National Day, really. Uh, Two down hot wins, and if if I was to have a if I was to have a bet in the race, it might be Phoenix of Spain each way at sixes. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree. I put two down on all your Goodwood multiples. I think I think he should be winning this, and I'd be disappointed if he didn't. To be really honest, to add to his uh, Group One tally. The next race we're going to discuss is on the Friday, the King George, the Flying Five. One of the quickest racers of the year. And, well, it really plays to the strengths of one of the quickest horses in the country. Batash, a former winner of this race. Has he won it twice? I think he has. he beaten in it last year? No, he won last year because he, he absolutely blew them away last year, if I remember rightly. He beat Tate Cover, didn't he? Um, yes, he did. He was, it, was, it, it was devastating last year. It, that's when I thought, Jesus Christ, he's bloody fast. Um, but... I don't know what it is about him this year, but I want to get him beat. Do I you? I mean, he's, he's the best price seven to four on. Then, then you're looking at Invincible Army at nine to two, El Astronauti tens, similar price for Fairyland. Do you not think? Well, you're, you're a massive fan as well as I am of Invincible Army. Invincible Army at five. What do you think of that? Uh, no, he's not quick enough to beat Batash. No, I prefer uh, over six. I think he's the best six for a long horse in the country. I now. think Fairyland's interesting. I do as well. Um, I, I, I'm, I've always been of the idea, even when she was winning at York as a, as a two-year-old, I, I thought she'd be a sprinter. And I, I think stepping down to five is interesting. Um, good old Sergei Prokofiev 
as short as 10 to it's 1. It's still as short as 10 to 1. Oh. Sort yourselves out. Oh. Bet 365. Sort yourselves out. There is not a single piece of Sergei Prokofiev's form that entitles him to be any shorter than 25 to 1. What is it with this horse? Why you, Why do all the bookies think he's quality? Really don't know. Just because of his turn of foot. Where is it? He won the cord, Wallace and nothing else. <laughs> oh my days. Please. Please treat Sergei Prokofiev with the the respect. Give him a fair price because he has been the most unbackable horse in the all season oh. across Britain and Ireland. He has he has been half the price he should have been for every single race. Yeah. He's not in the same league as Batash. He's not in the same league as Garris. <laughs> uh, well, we might as well go back to Batash because he is the superstar of this race. It suits him so much. Uh, I just don't know what it is about him. He's been very well behaved this year. He has, and I'll give him that. Uh, I was there at Haydock on first time out when he this season, and he was p- a picture in the parade ring. He, he didn't even make a squeak. Uh, I, he's obviously just bumped into Blue Point last time, and I think that. Is it not just a cert in this? El Astronaut is a good handicapper. I'm not sure because th- these Goodwood races, I, d- I don't know what it is about speed up front, but something's niggling but in the back it, of my mind. Before. He's done it before. Yeah. If, if, if you were to go through all the big sprints this year, if you were to plot out Batash's route, if you were to say Temple, King Stand, King George, Nunthorpe, say... Yeah, the one the one you'd circle and say that's the one he definitely wins would be this. I and would have probably said the temple. He'd definitely win the temple. It was a better it was a better race than this. Yeah, Mab, Mab's cross. Mab's cross catchy was in it as well. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I could understand. This is his main race of the season. Not the probably more than the Abbey even, uh, and. Maybe it's his price putting me off, but I, I want to get him beat. I think El Astronauti is an absolute don. He's one of the best horses in training. Oh, I, he's a proper geezer. He's ultra, ultra consistent. If we go way back in his form, he was rated 75 originally. 75. He's now up to a career high mark of 106, which he's damn right deserved. Um, he has one round here. I think he'd be a cracking bet at 10 to 1. If he gets let loose on the front, rolling down that hill, he could be absolutely dangerous. And I I, I think Batash better watch out because there's some decent horses in this and I'd have the field against Batash. Again, I'll give you another tenner on that. We'll go five. I can't be losing that much. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure. I might just run down to the start and just start winding Batash up. I might just run down to Goodwood just to get that fiver and just wind him up. <laughs> Jimbo, what's a If you see a madman going down to the start at Goodwood and it's me wearing a high-visibility jacket just waving my arms and clapping and barking at Batash, <laughs> it's me. Because remember when that dog was barking at, him at York and that got him all irate? Well, I'm going to hire a dog and get Batash irate just to get him beat. Where, from what angle are you going to be on the ground? Are you going to hire a cherry picker? I haven't well? made this decision yet. Um, 
it might be a rash decision, but we're going to get Batash beat. On unicycle as yeah, well? Yeah, why not? And, and big symbols <laughs> with a dog on a lead. <laughs> Let's get Batash beat and wind him up. El Astronauti, come on, son. I mean, you, you've, you've just used a point of the official rating there to show how m- much improved El Astronauti is. And I yeah. love him. He's a smashing, smashing type. He's rated 106, though, and he's the second favourite. Well, barring Invincible Army, sorry. He's third in the market, El Astronauti. Batashi's rated 123. It's seven pounds to make up. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Batash wins. Technically four. He's got 9-2 against 9-5. No, I'm, I mean, in, 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 right. in all yeah. our terms. Yeah, yeah. All our terms. You know, it, it is. It's 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 a hundred and it's a horse rated in the mid one hundreds to a horse rated in the mid one twenties. Yeah, to me and well, I that's Batash at his best. Batash, seeing me, could be a rated ninety six. Uh, d- despite Jimbo's, quite frankly, villainous <laughs> plans. <laughs> it's quite awful, really. Yeah. When you think about it, quite frankly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've we've been doing a lot of scumbagging, <laughs> scumbagging this this episode, Jim. In terms of betting, that that's that's just general scumbagging in terms of life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I tell you what, mate. I still think he's quite a decent price. Seven to four. You you think about what happened. Seven to four on. Seven to four on. Sorry, but even that, I think it's. I don't think it's a stupid price. Uh, are, are we kind of thinking that he was disappointing at Royal Ascot? I was disappointed with him at Ascot. He made Why? up a lot of ground. He ran a really good race. He was out on the on the wing. He had nothing to bring him into the race because the was it New Zealand Raider or something yeah. broke late from the stalls. That didn't really help him. I could give him an excuse for last time out, but and he made up a lot, a lot of ground and he just beat a horse who loves the five furlongs at Ascot, but. I don't know what it is about him. I just want to get him beat. I'm sick of Batash. I'm actually sick of him. Is this, is this your grudge list of horses? I'm in, a, I'm in a right grumpy mood today as well. You are. You are. Because he's done nothing wrong. because the sun's shining. If, if, yeah, Jimbo's like the Grinch. He lives, he lives under a stone. Under a stone, on a cave with just him and his dog. I don't even have a dog. <laughs> no, you don't even have a dog. You've got a pet rock with a face painted on it. And a poster of Paisley Park in your room. <laughs> yeah. In your, in your little cave. And yeah. That's all you do. Hates sunlight, hates anyone having fun. <laughs> and, a, you know, and he's, he, he's, he's looking forward to trying to get Batash beat this week more than he is to watching any of the multiple, multiple top-class horses just so he can revel in everyone else's disappointment. We're having a party gone, next ha! week. Party next week if Batash gets beat. Yeah. Absolute rave. With a gherkin-flavoured cake. That's what you'd <laughs> love, wouldn't it? Uh, no, but Batash wins for me, though. He, he's just... I mean, all now that blue points not around, he's just the best sprinter in the country, surely. And there's not there's not loads of opposition for him. Fairyland would be the each way one if she came over. And I'm interested to see how Invincible Army fares at five, but I think he's a better horse at six. Big Brother's Pride? No. Over from France? No. Do you not think? he He was... Expect it, it was very impressive on debut, I thought. Um, I, I remember oh, that so now, now you decide to try and analyse the race instead of just slating <laughs> yeah. Batash. I thought he was after he'd, after he'd happily wrapped it up. <laughs> Jimbo Watson comes out with a new level analysis. Right, doesn't matter, big brother's no, no, pride. No, 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 no. I, I think he's interesting. Um, he was 
absolutely devastating in a group three over five and a half furlongs. He was beaten by Pix- Pixie Carto in a listed race on the all-weather track, and uh, I'm willing to put a line through that. He, he has won on good to soft. The, the question mark would be the ground, but I think he's interesting. He's always had a big reputation from France, and it'd be interesting to see if he comes over, because I, I think we should have more French runners over, as we've seen at uh, Ascot with French winners. So, yeah, but let's get Batash beat and the field only. Sorry, I'm 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 thinking about the jumps because we're going to be looking at the Galway Plate in a minute, and I've, I'm just having a look at uh, William Hill's market of to win any race at the Cheltenham Festival uh, in 2020. What price is Nair Road? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure he's be priced up, but I went slightly mental next to Jimbo because Dicky Divers 20 to one. Good yeah. horse, good yeah. horse. You could see him making yeah. a good stay in chaser. Commander of Fleet, a grade one winner, is 20 to 1. Runner up in a grade one at the festival last season. Yeah. Another smashing horse. Brewing up a storm, a horse you, you're you know, mildly obsessed with. He's 20 to 1. Mildly obsessed with? Overly obsessed with. Glyn, the horse I own, is also 20 to 1. Come on, the boy. We cannot wait to see him make his debut. I absolutely love that. There are two Cheltenham Festival winners and two Grade 1 winners that my point-to-point winner is the same price as to win at the festival. Mental. Glyn, 20-1. He's got some reputation, hasn't he? <laughs> Lump on, mate. What a tank he's going to prove to be. Back to the flat. Needless detour. Uh, the Golden Mile, usually one of the most competitive handicaps of the season. Uh, there's a lot of the familiar faces in this, like you said, Flaming Spear. He's not, uh, he's not been decked at Ascot, so I'd assume he's coming here. A Fark, Escobar, Clon Cooley, but they might all have a job on the hands beating a horse who I think is a group horse in a handicap in Mojito. He's a short price favourite for a race of this nature, but is he not just the most exciting of this of this brigade? Most well, certainly, we all know where we stand with the majority of these, and I, I think. He is still interesting. He, he's five years old. He's very, very lightly raced. He's only ever had nine runs, and five of them have come in wins. He was given an absolute inch-perfect ride by Frankie de Torre on Coral Eclipse Day, and he's beat Escobar, who's since come out and absolutely hosed up at York. Petrus, ultra-consistent, Brian Meehan's. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think that... Mojito will be very hard to beat, and if you're looking to have a bet now, if you can still get the five to one around with a couple of places, I'd take it a hundred percent. And I, I think it'd be interesting to see who gets jocked up. Wonder if Frankie will keep the ride on Mojito, um, but I'd assume so. I, I think he he he's he is the standard setter of this race, and it'll be fairly difficult to beat off a nine storm far. It's quite a generous. Wait, I think that at the bigger prices, uh, I'd be interested in Beat Le Bon. Um, Horse you like, isn't it? I, I really like Beat Le Bon, and the last two times he's won, I have not backed him. <laughs> so um, he's progressing nicely now. He looked a bit ungenuine in his two-year-old career. I was thinking when he went to come for the red car two-year-old trophy, I was thinking, oh, he should be winning this, and he was narrowly denied by Summer Daydream. And at the beginning of this season, he kicked off his campaign in a, a 
winning a novice race off one to ten because he was still a novice as a three-year-old because he didn't win as a two. Um, and then he went to a couple of races where I thought he should be winning and he didn't. And then he'd been to Goodwood, he's been to Haydock and he's won since. He's up in the ratings to 104. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'd be with him in this stepping up against uh, the elders. Uh, but he's interesting. And Power of Darkness is a horse I hold in quite high regard. And he did it very well last time at Salisbury, beating Nicklaus. Uh, he broke slowly. He went wide round the field at Salisbury and absolutely rifled home. He did similar last year at Newmarket when uh, his first run after being gelded behind Beringer. But... I don't, I'm not sure whether he'll get in this race. I'm not 100% sure. So, yeah, they'd be my two to beat Mojito, but it'd be a hesitant beat Mojito. I want Mojito, beat Le Bon, and Power of Darkness would be my three. I don't really have too much of an outside suggestion here, Jim. I like Mojito a lot. Yeah. Uh, I also think of Fark. Yeah, He's but... like, like, likely to go well. You know, ran really respectably up in tripping the John Smith's Cup last time. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this mark should be beyond him. What's he running off? 104? 108? 108. It's, um, it's a bit I'm, steep, I'm that, isn't very it? Very blind, are. <laughs> very, very blind. <laughs> but I'd give him a, I'd give him a, a shout. He, 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 he runs well in races like this. And the other one up at the top of, of the market as well, I think... I think he's worth another go. He's history writer. Needs a couple to drop out to get in. But there were excuses last time. Yeah. There were excuses last time, and he looked like a handicapper going places the time prior to that. So he was not ruled out for me either. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned Escobar earlier on. He also lines up here, and I think he's interesting because he absolutely hosed up last time. So, yeah. My two probably won't even get in in the end. So I've tipped two non-runners technically but we're, we're both very hot on Mojito aren't we yeah yeah we both we both think you wouldn't be surprised if Mojito was winning listed or group threes yeah at the end of the season I wouldn't be surprised at all and the, the other big handicap of the week is in my opinion the most important six furlong sprinter year some say the Wokingham some say the Air Gold Cup for me it's the Stewards Cup and they bet I mean the, the general, I mean, it's a huge, huge, huge market. I'm just double-checking, making sure we're not being tricked by the racing post again. It is 14 to on the field, just over a week in advance. Flavius Titus heads a betting at 14s. 16s, Hey Jonesy, just another bottle. Cardam, Spanish City, Staxton. Then you can have 20s for Cosmic Law, Growl, Gulliver, Gunmetal. Laugh a minute, who was beaten on debut by Wells Fargo, Jim. There you go. When I was at York. Shimmering Dawn, Van Bruh, Yatois, and 25 to 1. Bar they include last season's Air Gold Cup winner, Baron Bolt, or was it two years ago? I don't know. Things things get hazy, Jim. Merge, don't they? Things get hazy. You dead heated, didn't they? That might have been it two did years ago. With gone. the Irish runner that was ridden by Chris Hayes, which his name's escaped me. Mad Moon. It was an absolute <laughs> it was an absolute gamble on the horse, if yes, you remember. It was. it was. It went off about nine to two, if I remember rightly. Uh I mean we'll start with the favourite Flavius Titus, Jim, and I'm gonna be very, very boring again. For such a big handicap and I've pretty much put in up almost all the ones at the top of the market. 
but I think I think he's a likely winner of the Stewards Cup. <sighs> Good three-year-old last season, but taking his form to a new level this term. Won at the Craven meeting, beating Summer, uh, beating Summer Gand, who is. You made me doubt myself when you were looking at me like, did he beat some again? Uh, yeah, I was I'm expecting sure. you to say something else, but it doesn't matter. No, you, you made me doubt myself then, Jim. I'm, I'm full of self-doubt and insecurity, as you well know. Move uh, on. Come on, no <laughs> one cares about you. <laughs> oh, no, anyone who, knows me, anyone who knows me and Jim is, no, that's not something either of us are particularly lacking for, unfortunately. Uh, run really well at the Craven meeting and then bumped into a potential group horse in a handicap at the Guineas meeting behind Godolphins on the warpath. Uh, and then went and won at Newbury, beating Louis de Palma next time. Still off a mark of 98, 99, sorry. Again, I really am blind, aren't I? I think you need your eyes tested. I really am blind. Uh, can't, can't read the small print, that's probably why Bucky's... <laughs> Absolutely nab you all the time. Completely. Completely. Uh, he's a really, really well-bred horse as well. He's a half-brother to advertise... Uh, and I, 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 I just like him. I, I think he's the sort of horse, again, who should be competing in listed races by the end of the season. And that, and that to me, probably shows him to be the best one of the mates off off a mark of, you know, 99. I still think it's very fair. I'd have expected him to be around 103. I'm sorry, but I have the winner here, and I've got it all worked out, and it's Cardem. Cardem absolutely hoses up in this. Uh, he ran just five days ago in the the Tin Man race, I'm going to call it, the Hackwood Group 3, where I thought Tin Man was literally unbeatable and he, he ran an absolute shocker. I think if Jim Crowley was to ride that race again, he'd have it ten times different. He would have beat, it, uh, beat the German horse Walfad. Um, the Tin Man, he, he, he was following the Tin Man as if he was the best horse in the race and... He absolutely fell in his lap and stopped completely dead. And I think that he will be very hard to beat. He's a three-year-old in this, so he'll get the allowance. He's rated 107. He's, he's rated higher than most of the field, if I'm being honest, barring Vambra and Emblazoned. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that Cardem has a very, very strong chance. He's very keen. It'll be a fast run race. He can hold up at the back and cycle through and pick up late and I think 16 to 1's a cracking bet I think he's a really interesting 3 year old to win this race and I'm looking forward to it he's one of my strongest bets of the week if I'm being honest I think Cardem's got a very 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 good chance and at the prices you can never rule out good old Georgie Bowen I think George yeah, good shout. George Bowen he's changed colours apparently um, he's now running in red with a white diamond which is interesting so they used to have a good sprinter from when I was first getting into racing, Senior Peltro. Yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah, I do, only only very minimally. But um I, I think he's interesting. Uh he's one off a rating of hundred and two. He's he's back here off hundred and two. This sort of race will definitely suit him. I, I think he's interesting. Um at the bigger prices, but I'm I'm borderline going nap of the week almost. On a 16 to 1 shot, which is mad, isn't it? Uh, I think Cardem will be very hard to beat. I will also say Summergand again because he shouldn't be 25 to 1. He should be half it. No one cares about Summergand. Jimmy's been placed every single start this season. He's finished fifth. 
in a 29 runner race in the in the Wokingham, you'd have got you got bunny on that. And he started right, slightly disappointing last time out 15 to 8, but he started 12s. He got turned 20, over at I, eight I, I, by I, Dan Zeno. And I backed him at 25s. I backed him at 25s to the Wokingham. Eight eight. Basically, if you'd have backed Summer Gandhi each way every start this season, you've made money. He's 40 to 1 to run at Ascot as well. I think he's this weekend. I think he's this, in. This race would suit more. I think I think he's in the Moe Shandon race. So, yeah, and I, I I think Cardem is a serious animal, and I think he'll improve for that run in the Group Three last time. I, I won't rule it out, Jim. He, he he is the he is. I mean, the potential one who you could see making up into a Group One spinner, really. Because they've rated him in the same regard as Muharar, because we all know Charlie Hills trained him in the same colours and they all they were talking before the race that he was in that bracket and he disappointed in the Commonwealth Cup he was second last time behind a German horse when he didn't get the run of the race I think a handicap would suit him even a step down to five in the future wouldn't even worry me I think he's all speed he's always keen so yeah I think uh, I've stopped banging on about it Cardem wins right that's it for all of our flat action. Uh, normally we'd be going after that, but I couldn't let there be as good a race as the Galway Plate and the Galway Hurdle and not talk about it, Jim. We just want a selection each for this. We're just going to rattle through it. It's such a competitive race, and for me it's a highlight of the summer, really, as a jumps fan. I absolutely love the Galway Plate. I love the Galway Festival in general. And my pick for the plate, Jim, is Poker Party, Henry de Bromed's horse. Good novice last season. Uh, second at Leopardstown behind Speaker Connolly, who's you know a smart horse at this level, mid you know low 140s type horse. That was a good run. He then went and won two novice chases and ran really well when third behind Real Steel and Hardline in a good novice handicap at the Punchestown Festival. He runs in this off a mark of 138, 16 to 1. I don't think we've quite hit the ceiling with him yet, and I think he, he could be ahead of his mark. Yeah, and for me, I, I I can't not back him. When I was reading who was in this race, I was like, Mr Miyagi, Mr Miyagi's in this. And Willie, uh, Willie Mullins now trains in from instead of Stuart Edmonds. Um, he was beaten at Utoxeter in the novice chase, which was slightly disappointed. But barring that, uh, he's fairly unexposed over fences I, I, I just I'm looking forward to seeing him back on track he's a 10 year old now I feel like he's been around for absolute years he's 14 to 1 I, I'll probably back him but he's been off for borderline a year now 367 days as we speak so yeah come on come on Mr Miyagi I'll be cheering him on and Lewis do you have a strong opinion in the hurdle Uh gardens of Babylon for me really I thought you'd be all over quick grab him. Ah, uh, uh, it's not quite happened for him, has it? I don't understand why. Not quite happened for him in at Punchestown or in France. After I w- I'd like to have seen a little bit more. Uh, Gardens of Babylon, though. I, I just, he's just mad solid, isn't he? He is, but I, I was slightly disappointed. He ran on the flat last time, and he were odds on, and I thought he'd put up a better performance and he was very disappointing I thought in a race he's a better hurdler than he is on the flat line. he is but he, I wasn't exactly blown away with his jumping last season to be brutally honest um, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not sure he's for me. The obvious one would be Band of Outlaws, wouldn't he? Uh, he's ultra consistent. There was, I think Skybet went twelve to one Band of Outlaws early on on during the week, but um, you're looking at Band of Outlaws, aren't you? I, I know, like Tom Seagal, back wanted, wanted him to be a champion hurdle horse. Yeah. Next season, and I can see that, and I, I, I think six to one, six to one's not a bad price. He's probably the right favourite. Uh, I can't believe Build Me Up Buttercups at the same price as Quick Grabber. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a hype horse, is you Build Me Up Buttercup. <laughs> he was all right with Mick Shannon, to be brutally honest, and he surprised me at Ascot. Stratum's interesting. Uh, he'd probably be where I'm leading to at this moment in time. Uh, he, be, between Stratum and David's Charm, David's Charm should have won on the flat last time, and... They're both flat horses, and I think they're both really interesting. I don't really have a strong opinion. Mr Miyagi's in this race as well, so just back Mr Miyagi wherever he goes. Yeah, I'd also give an interesting mention to Seob, who we've not seen since he was third to far class in the Triumph. Uh, look, I'm, we're not, I'm not sure exactly how well that race is working. Actually, it's all right. Far class has been running quite well in novice chases. He's won a couple already. He's been weak, they're like forerunner donkey Oh, races. yeah, but that, that, that what novice you know, it's... it's the last year's triumph wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. Mr. Adjudicator's come out and he's actually and it could actually be quite a nice horse next season. He's yeah. been run, running well in France. Yeah. Uh, Peregrine runs in both races as well. I want to give him a mention because he's a horse I've had a lot of time for for ages and has back, uh, well has racked up a five timer. He's a sixteen to one in the plate as well. He'd be my second selection if I was to have one in that. Uh, I like Gardens of Babylon, though, mate. I don't think an opening mark of 102 is beyond him. First time into a handicap, placed in the Triumph, won a good novice hurdle at the Punchestown Festival. I just think there's quite a lot to like about him. Solid type as well. I think this sort of race, you know, with hustle and bustle, will bring out the best in him. Although, that being said, in terms of a, almost a racing proposition, if you, you'd almost be wanting Band of Outlaws to win this. Yeah. and prove himself as a potential grade one horse. Yeah, I agree. And I, he'd probably where I'd end up landing, but shot him at the prices. Right, that's everything. There's been a hell of a lot of races to talk about, Jim, but it is one of the best weeks of the year. You know, out, outside of Cheltenham, really, and the Grand National for me, and Royal Ascot, there's something for everyone this week. Yeah. Top-class racing across three different venues, top-class handicaps, actual grade ones, like we've said, the free world-class horses, even four, because we said Batash is borderline world-class when he gets his conditions. Jim, Jim made a face. He's wrong. Batash is quality. They're all out this week. They're all out this week, and we've got a super big field handicap chase. I can't wait. Jim, anything else you'd like to add? No, just let's get out in the sunshine and have a nice day. Everyone just enjoy themselves. We'll nap true north. True North, come on the North. True North on Saturday, and I'll nap Glynn at 20 to 1 to win any race at the Cheltenham Festival. Also, my other horse, the Greater Good, is 25s to win any race at the Cheltenham We've Festival. We've both got the Greater Good. We do. So, that could be the podcast horse, the Greater Good. It will be. And, well, I think it would be for the Greater Good if we wrap this up now. Do you Most know? definitely. We're just waffling now, aren't we? We are. Uh, thanks a lot to everyone who's still with us. You've got the patience of an absolute saint. Uh, don't forget to like, share, retweet. Give us five stars. Uh, very generous, that would be, to be fair, after this week's yeah. performance. 
Uh, but we will be back in a fortnight's time, reflecting on all the action and looking forward to the racing at the start of August. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun this week. Yep, see you later. Bye-bye.